The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss email list building tactics and must-know email marketing strategies. Joining us is Emily McGuire, who is the customer evangelist at AWeber, which delivers powerfully simple email marketing software for small businesses. Yesterday, Emily and I talked about understanding email marketing strategies, and today we're going to continue the conversation talking about building a quality email list. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Emily McGuire, the customer evangelist at AWeber. Emily, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you back on the show. Excited to talk a little bit more about email marketing. Yesterday, we talked about some of the different types of email marketing. Newsletter, one to many. You've got your personal emails and you can segment them by your actual customer segments. What part of the life cycle, what relationship do you have with each person whose email address you've collected? Or you can do triggered emails. What is the action that they've taken? There's different copywriting strategies and a time and a place for all of those things. Fundamentally, you need people's contact information to use email as a marketing channel. So talk to me about some of the ways that you advise a Weber's customers to start thinking about building a quality email list. Yeah. So number one, this is pretty basic, but I find that a lot of people skip it is that you have to give people a reason why they should sign up for your emails. Often I see on somebody's website, just a simple sign up form that says sign up for our newsletter. It's a great call to action. I'm glad it's there, but people need to be given more incentive than that. So that might just be another headline that says what people get from being on their email list, whether that's tips, tricks, guides, exclusive deals, or opportunities, whatever that is, that needs to be front and center. Before you go on, it's funny, you know, I've always used the copy tools, tips, and tricks. And I realize that that's a crutch. Whenever I'm saying, and I actually think we use it in the uh, introduction for the MarTech podcast, so maybe I'm going to hedge these words a little bit. But whenever we say tools, tips, and tricks, it means that I don't have a concrete thing to offer someone. In the MarTech podcast intro, every episode's a little different. So you're getting a variety of tools, tips, and tricks. But when I am building a web page and I'm talking about the specific call to action, if I'm using my three T's, I haven't defined what we're actually offering someone well enough. 
So I hear you. Hey, there's something that you're going to get out. What is it that when someone gives you their contact information, they can expect from you? What are some of the other things that you need to think about when you're figuring out how to offer your tools, tips, and tricks? Like you said, you might have something more specific, like a lead magnet, which is a piece of content or a quiz or something like that, that addresses a particular pain point of your target audience and helps them solve that pain point. So it might be a brief guide or a checklist or a worksheet or a workbook, something like that, that really speaks to a pain point and how you solve it. That is a gold mine. Again, it doesn't have to be super fancy. It can just be a few page PDF or even just another web page that they get redirected to with that content on it. But a lead magnet really makes people excited to give you their email address, not just a, okay, I'll check this out kind of thing. Okay. So you mentioned lead magnets. There's a couple of different flavors of that. There's gated content, some sort of a PDF, a white paper, maybe even a video. Hey, a podcast. You've also got quizzes. Calculators is another favorite one. Are there any other lead magnets that you suggest people think about when they're trying to find a way to collect contact information, email addresses? I mean, a special offer if that is something that fit, aligns with your business is always going to pack a powerful punch. Always the one you see when you go to retail companies. Exactly. Give us your email address and we'll give you 15% off your first order. Exactly. Yeah. And that works really, really well. I have a background in e-commerce as well. So that always works. But yeah, the format, I don't think matters as much. Although people do love quizzes. They're very interactive. It's really about, are you addressing one of the most common pain points of your target audience and providing a valuable solution to it? That's the magic of it, right? You're getting very hyper-specific and offering a resource or value to them immediately. And you become a trusted advisor. So providing some sort of value when somebody is going through the sign-up process, one way to give people a reason to sign up, there's the question of list quality. So talk to me about not only being able to capture people's interest, hopefully you've got enough inbound demand that your lead magnets just get traffic and convert them into email addresses. How do you figure out whether the people that are coming in through those lead magnets are actually the type of people that you want to be reaching out to? So that's, again, where a lead magnet can be really powerful. So if you are identifying your most ideal audience and who the most qualified people are, you are going to know what their specific pain points are. And if you can offer a solution to those pain points in the form of a lead magnet, it's going to qualify them first and foremost. The second piece of that is often people try to take shortcuts to grow their list and they think that the numbers matter more than the quality of the contact. So looking at once they do come in on your list, are they engaging with your emails and are they achieving the goals you have for them? And once you start looking at the people who are not the most qualified, if you can track back their source, those a lot of people will run ads to their lead magnets and ads are always going to help accelerate growth immediately. But not all of that traffic is quality. So start thinking about where is this traffic coming from? Is this the most appropriate channel for me to be promoting my lead magnet? Again, your numbers might climb, but the people might not necessarily be the most qualified. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. 
1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Let's talk a little bit about the gray hat part of email list building. Building a magnet, spending some money to advertise it, getting some awareness, great way to build email. People are opting in. Let's also not ignore the reality that some brands are finding data sources and are just saying, look, I know that I'll use us as an example. People that we want to reach are on the MarTech 5000 list. We're trying to reach marketers that are marketing to marketers. And people that are working at MarTech companies often make a good target for us. I don't want to advertise to everybody that's on that list when I can just go and I can find their email anyway. Now, I'm not saying that we would do this, but we do this. So where is the gray area for doing cold outreach and collecting emails for people that haven't opted in, but are clearly very relevant and somebody that would provide value out of your services? There's a tricky part there, right? Which is there's a back end to email where if you're sending bulk messages to people who didn't necessarily give you explicit permission to send them those messages, if people are not excited about receiving that message, they're going to mark you as spam, right? And that can affect your sender reputation, which impacts your ability to end up in the inbox. So that sender reputation is tracked and, again, is a criteria that's determined on whether or not your emails get, A, delivered to the inbox at all or served to the spam folder. So that becomes a really tricky thing and can sometimes do more damage than good, depending on how you do it. Where I've seen people excel with cold outreach is when it's done on a one-to-one basis and the email is hyper-targeted to that person and with some research behind who they are, because you can Google that fairly easily for most folks and find a very particular piece of compelling information that you admire about that person and you can lead with. So it's a hard nut to crack. And that's a whole other strategy than email marketing in general. Cold emailing is its whole own beast to do. 
It is a very gray area. It is murky territory. Are you allowed to email someone who has not expressly given your email? On a one-to-one basis, yes, that's fine. Doing it at scale, no, it's not. So how do you figure out what the right mix is for you and your business? I'll be the first one to say that sometimes the decision to reach out to somebody to introduce yourself is the right business decision, but you also have to consider your deliverability. You have to consider the context. How did you get that person's email? Is their email publicly available? Also a big trigger. We've got our email posted on uh, the podcast somewhere. And when people reach out to us, they could easily point and say, hey, this is a public figure who's asking for information. Does that make it okay for them to reach out to us with every single offer product or service? It's honestly up for each brand to decide. And I think the end judge of this is the email service providers who are figuring out who goes into spam and and what your reputation is. Let's talk a little bit more about list quality. You know, when you've got a list, let's say it's a mixture of cold outreach, a mixture of inbound. What are you doing to evaluate the quality of the list and make sure that it's maintained and well-kept. That's when you're looking at engagement metrics, opens and clicks. And obviously data isn't perfect and open rates were never really perfect before the iOS update in the fall where Apple stopped tracking opens only on the Apple mail app. So it really called into question the quality of open rates at that point. But again, they were never perfect before. However, it's the data you have. So you got to do something with it. So that's where we're really measuring the quality of a contact. Are they opening? Are they clicking? The recency of which they opened or clicked depends on how many are the cadence of your email, how many emails you're sending out. Other things you can look at that might not necessarily be obvious or something you track normally is when's the last time they visited a page on your website. If you have a sales team, when's the last time they've been in contact with sales? Those kinds of metrics. And then if anybody on your list isn't engaging with that data, then consider removing them because they're going to drag down all your other metrics to begin with, which impacts your deliverability. At the end of the day, often your business is only as successful as the quality of your email list. It's one of the most important channels for not only contacting, but staying in front of your customers whether it's your direct outreach, your one-to-one, or your newsletter, it's not only a customer acquisition channel, it can be a conversion channel. It's also great for nurture. And that's what we're going to talk about in our next episode. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Emily McGuire, customer evangelist at AWeber. Join us again tomorrow when Emily and I wrap up our conversation talking about how you can improve your newsletter conversions. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Emily, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter where her handle is Flourish and Grit. That's F-L-O-U-R-I-S-H-A-N-D-G-R-I-T. Or you could visit her company's website, which is aweber.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is MartechPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. 
And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.